Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined here by Allie. Let's join the Threshold Kids! <laughs> Vera. Take control! And Tristan. Guys? Guys? <laughs> I touched the weird thing, and now I'm in this big empty space. Are you smelling the color green? Do you see any windows? If you see a window, run. I, I think I do. Hold on. <laughs> no. No, I, I, I think it's just... Yeah, no, it's not a window. It's just a glass pane floating in space. Hold on. I'm gonna try and find you guys. Okay, good luck. Good luck, Tristan. Tristan must be stuck in the oldest oldest house because uh, this this time around we're talking about Control, um, the latest game from Remedy Entertainment, uh, published by Five Hundred Five. Um, and just a, a a beautiful little game that went under a lot of people's radars, I think, last year, but starting to bubble up again now that it's won so many freaking awards um, for Game of the Year last year. Um, so, uh, in a rare twist, all four of us have not only played but completed this one. So that's exciting. Well, actually. To be fair, we also did the same for the Outer Worlds, uh, too. Um, yep. And we gushed over the Outer Worlds, but I, I think that we're about to do something uh, even more so, or completely different with Control. And that's not because I think we like Control less. I think it's just that Control is, like, an out-of-this-world... It's in a league of its own in terms of games. Um, it's very much... Uh, sta- like, I mean, it, it's... It does stuff. It just it hits marks in ways that um, we really only hit when you are just you've made something that is truly excellent and truly just like takes advantage of the video game form and sticks the flipping landing. Uh, and I'm gonna gush a ton about this game, but I want to actually give the mic over to Ali because this game was totally on none of our radars except Ali played it and she was like, "Guys, you gotta play this game." guys you have to do it and it would make me happy and by gosh we all played it and loved it uh but ali was a total early adopter of this and way tapped into the pulse of this thing so i I think ali should do the gushing right now come with me now on a journey through time and space 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 space. (laughs) and occasionally through a weird motel yeah occasionally through a weird motel did you exactly. touch any? Did you touch any clocks? Did you see any clocks? <laughs> uh, the clocks. The clocks dimension is great. Uh, the replicating sticky notes spilling out of that one office. I loved that. Yes. Um, do we want to just jump into it, or do we want to talk a little bit about? It's been a little while. Do we want to talk about what we've been playing for a bit, or do we want to just jump right into it? It's everyone's call in the cast. We can do a little catch-up. How are you guys? Good, good. It's been a few weeks since we did our last episode. Um, (laughs) uh, Before we get 
any further there, I do want to say that the spoiler cast is um, our look at something we've either been playing or watching or experiencing. Um, and uh, we're going to go through, tell you our thoughts, uh, as is the nature of the title. It's the spoiler cast, so we're going to go into depth, spoil things from the game. So if you haven't played Control, when we get to it, uh, I'll leave a timestamp in the podcast because I think we'll be catching up for a little bit. Um, and then you can skip there if you want to and hear our thoughts on Control. Anyway, with that being said, Allie, I believe you have the floor. Uh, let's let's catch up and talk about what we've been playing. Okay, yeah, I'll go. I'll make it quick. I've been playing a lot of games because my work is closed, like many people. Um, but mostly, it's been Animal Crossing and FF Seven Remake and Final Fantasy Fourteen, actually, which I'm really enjoying a lot. Which is kind of funny to me because I tried forever to go to get into World of Warcraft and I just like it did not. I did not like it at all, like what, one bit. What is it about Final Fantasy fourteen that kind of has kind of has grabbed you a little bit um, versus something like a World of Warcraft? Hmm. Well, one thing that I really like about it is the mechanic of the job system that they have, which is very similar to what they established in twelve. So like. You don't need to make a character for every single class in that game, or job as they call it. You can just like swap out like, so my character started out as an arcanist, so she has like a little magic book that helps her cast spells, but if I want her to be another class, say like um, an archer, I can just equip her with a bow and start leveling her up as an archer, and you can just change that pretty much whenever you want. The only instance you can't do that is like during an instance fight, like a raid or a dungeon. So, like, I mean, you can still make a bunch of characters, but there's really no need to because your one character character can wear many hats, so to speak. And they do this thing now where any character that, any job that you level up that's lower than your highest level job gets extra, like, a 50% XP bonus. So they'll level faster, which is really cool. I feel like I've always really liked the job systems on paper for a lot of the Final Fantasy games, but I've never truly like gotten into them. So this sounds like an exciting, uh, you know, stretch it over the course of an MMO. It seems like a little bit more of an exciting prospect. Um, makes me terrified to even try the thing. So I don't know if it's I will. It's so but... <laughs> good, Dan. You should try it. It's also like, I don't know what it is. Current, I mean, I mean, Square Enix has always had this thing, but my God, is this game horny? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's also, it's fun. I really like the combat. The story is, like, so-so for the most part in, like, the base game. But I'm about to hit the first expansion, and apparently that's when the story just, like, takes off like crazy. And then the latest expansion, Shadowbringers, has Yoshi P from uh, Nier Automata. Or, no, sorry, not Yoshi P. Yoshi P is the regular, right? Yoko Taro writing the story for the latest expansion, and that made everybody shit their pants, apparently. It was so good. Oh, Yoko Taro. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. I, I will say that nice. I did have to stop playing Final Fantasy XIV uh, because I was getting too obsessed over how adorable my character was. Like, wh- I I got to the point where I was like, oh my god, she's so cute. I'm going to buy her this really adorable swimsuit, and I'm, she's going to go hang out at Costa del Sol. And then I had to stop and be like, whoa. Gotta back yeah, away from this Yeah, you can make some, like, really interesting characters, too. The character maker 
is pretty good. I will say the one thing that everybody seems to be clambering for is like facial hair because there's like a beard yeah. and it's not great. Um, skin tones are pretty okay though. Um, body variety is really interesting because like you know it's that sort of classic fantasy RPG thing of like you know certain like kinds of characters are taller or buffer and I don't know everybody just like looks really interesting like there's nobody who stands out as like super boring to me except for like maybe humans but it's like if I'm playing a fantasy game I'm not gonna play human right. I'm gonna I'm playing a dragon if, lady if right you now give me which the is option super cool to play an adorable cat girl in a final fantasy game I'm going to take that option yes of course and live your bliss final fantasy <laughs> Live and Final Fantasy go, go ahead Vera oh, that was my snark go on <laughs> no gotcha <laughs> just snark continue uh, loving snark Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 is not the only Final Fantasy that we've all been playing um, we might get to it on a later episode anyway so I don't know how, how far along we'll get but Tristan I think you and Allie have been playing another Final Fantasy we have been playing Final Fantasy 7 Remake um, I've been trying to get through it as efficiently as possible because I, I, I've been avoiding YouTube for the past, mm -hmm. like, month because I don't want to go on YouTube and see, like, some stupid video show up in my feed that's like, OMG, Barrett dies! And be like, great. Great. Right. So the story is different, though, than the original Final Fantasy VII? So... Thus far, I haven't finished it yet. Um, I'm at Walmart the second time. Um, so I'm at chapter, like, 14, I think, right now. <clears throat> um, there are some differences. It's still mostly the same, but there are some new things and some other changes that have been made. And supposedly, people have said that there is a very big twist to the end. Which, of course, has me, you know, sitting in a corner going, with my fingers in my ears going, No, 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 I don't want to hear it. Or in a large cavernous room somewhere on the astral plane. Hello, hello, hello. So, for anyone who's interested, I'm experimenting with some, I found this piece of software that lets me create digital monitors, basically. So what I can mm -hmm. do is I can output my audio in real time from something like Logic or GarageBand mm -hmm. or what have you to that. And then it can use that as an input Hello? for anything else. Oh, no. Such as, say, nice. the software oh, no. we're using here or Twitch <laughs> or YouTube streaming or what have you. So I'm still kind of experimenting with it, but it seems really cool. And I spent a bit of time today... Like, getting that all set up and trying to find out the best way of doing it. Nice. Um, the big question I have with Final Fantasy VII is um, that I didn't really get into it when it first... I didn't play when it first came out. And then I revisited it many years later, one of the remasters they had. And I just didn't really... It hit me very hard. It, would you recommend this game to other um, people who maybe didn't enjoy Final Fantasy 7 or is it pretty strictly for people who enjoyed it? So if you've never played Final Fantasy 7, you should play Final Fantasy 7. There's a reason it is a seminal and like classic title. Um 
I will say that that thus far remake I've got a few little gripes of it here and there, but it does a very good job of taking it from what it was. <laughs> um because let's wait so oh oh jeez back yes yes um because let's be honest final fantasy 7 the original did not age gracefully mm-hmm. yeah i think that and this is this is just my opinion but i think if you don't want to play the original seven because like Tristan said it's not aged well I think at least really familiarize yourself with the mm-hmm. story because that'll add like it's pretty up until a point so I've heard like pretty faithful to the original story they do a really good job of fleshing out characters that got screen time but not a lot of development especially I think so far the members of oh, yeah. Avalanche have been like and actually Aerith too honestly like uh, and also just everybody having, for the most part, really, really good voice acting. Like, there's some NPCs that I'm kind of like, you know, take it or leave it or, ooh, wow, that's some funky mouth yep. animation. I actually, Tristan, <laughs> ran into that uh texture thing that you mm-hmm. were talking about the other day on Facebook where you're like, this game looks beautiful and some textures haven't fully loaded in. Like, the door on Cloud's apartment just didn't load yeah. for me. <laughs> Any of the textures. Yeah, I will say that this game is beautiful <laughs> except when it isn't. <laughs> like no no like I'll be running around and have you know and Cloud and all my main characters will have these like gorgeous like character models and great t- texture mapping and stuff um, and I'll be in a gorgeous spot and then I'll turn the camera and see like a mirror on a wall that's five polygons and be and like completely untextured and just be like and it's gone yeah but, but it, um sorry it... not to I think just finish up my thought again if you don't feel like playing the original, which I will not begrudge you that. At least familiarize yourself with the story and the main characters. Yeah, I will say that's, that's... But on, on the flip side of that, though, uh, as someone who's never played 7, uh, like, wouldn't the advantage of playing the remake without spoiling yourself on plot details that you haven't been spoiled with give you the ability of getting to get all that stuff fresh and new? Uh, for the first time in like a modern game setting, as opposed to, you know, the seven, which looks like a something from the nineties. So you know that's that's pretty fair, Barra. Like, here, I I can't quite answer that question because I haven't finished the remake thus far, and so I can't say for certain which parts of the storyline have been done better in the remake or have been done better in the original. Uh, I will say that thus far from what I've seen, every addition to the storyline has been a welcome one. Huh? Would you agree, Ali? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think, uh, when we do come around, as I joked before the four part spoiler cast, where we talk about this, Tristan and I are going to have some very nice things to say. But um, I am really curious about what it's going to be like for somebody who's never played FF7 or honestly even knows things about it. Because there are things that happen in that game that some people still don't know about. Because, you know, not everybody knows everything about every single piece of media ever released. So what I know about it is, to be perfectly honest, is that, like, I'd actually be the best, a really good control case for this. And no, I'm not just 
putting the, the game we're about to, <laughs> to review. Uh, because, like, I've seen... Uh, when I, I saw people play 7 on G2, I know what a limit break is. I don't know if they're the current games. I know that... Because I saw Final Fantasy, I saw the Final Fantasy like movie sequel that came Advent out Children. when I was in high school. Yeah, when I saw Advent Children in high school and didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Um, and that's my, but I just, I, I, that's my extent of it. So, having said all that, I think I probably would get a, uh, me personally, I think I would get a lot out of the remake just playing it um without knowing more from the original game because i would like some of the big set piece like moments to be in that setting especially since the remake yeah. looks gorgeous and i've heard that it just like and yeah then some of it just looks stunningly cinematic and beautiful. actually i do um, also go thinking on. about it i actually do have one thing that thus far i like the in the original better um in the original from the whole Midgar section, the character of Sephiroth is left as kind of a mystery. Mm -hmm. He, they have, he, he is much more present in the remake. And I, I do kind of miss that sense of mystery and mystique around him that was mm. in the original. But again, like Barra is the perfect, right. like sort of case for this, like, Maybe somebody coming to it never having played the original, he can still come off as spooky and mysterious. Sure, definitely more in your face than the mm -hmm. original, but again, I'm I'm super curious to see what people think of this game when they haven't experienced it before in like any shape or form. Well, girl, just Unfortunately, a... though, I have no PS4, yeah, so you'll just have to get so... one. <laughs> it's just in time for the PS5. I was. I was... <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, like, this is perfect timing considering I just built myself a computer so that I could play things more generically. And the next thing that we might talk about requires the PlayStation. Yeah. But well, at least until next yeah. year. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. To be fair, that is an event. Like, the 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 uh, the, the, the the browser. Um, the 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 uh, the next generation of consoles. One of the things it does do is is that if you're a cheap bastard. And you want to play back back backlogs of like good killer apps? You can then just buy the old console at a cheaper used at a cheaper price. Um, and to be fair, the PlayStation has a lot of great killer apps. I mean, if I getting that would allow me to play Horizon Zero Dawn, for mm -hmm. instance, which you guys said was the best thing. Yeah, there's there's definitely a reason why I chose a PlayStation Four over an Xbox One, and it was specifically yeah. the titles available. Was it? Has there actually even been a Halo game for Xbox in this in the Xbox One generation at this point? Not a good one. And Master Chief Collection. <laughs> okay, okay, Tristan, that was that wasn't the answer to his question. And the Master Chief like, Collection I still Halo has 5 issues. Was three, and the Master Chief Collection. I thought still Halo has Five was a three because Halo Five was three sixty compatible still, wasn't it? I honestly don't remember because I don't have an Xbox. Uh. I don't remember either. I know it was on Xbox One. Um, no, it was Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. That that game was so. It was early on, and that game was so trash. Um, gosh. But no, they did release a Halo. Yeah. Um, it was just trash. So. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, 
I am I'm very interested. It, I'll find some way to play seven because to me it it does uh it does seem it it, it does seem uh like the kind. It looks really pretty. Is Barrett's voice actor as good as he sounds from the trailer? Yes. The planet scream line just seems amazing. <laughs> Barrett is... He's a believer. Barrett is interesting. No, I mean more from a... Uh, and granted, this was just when the demo was out, but I saw a lot of what I'm going to take as very valid critique of his voice acting from, like, black people on Twitter. Oh, no. Do black it def- does it a gets black better. Person, does a black person voice him? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, but, like, the little bits and pieces that people were seeing of him, at least in the demo, mm. were not very flattering, but he definitely, like, gets better. He's still very, like, yeah, fuck capitalism, the planet's dying cloud, mm-hmm. which is great. But yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly. I just wanted, I wanted to throw to that in again. I'm not black, so I can't really speak to that. But that well, and, and the demo also only gave us the very beginning of the game, and he yeah. and Cloud their sort of relationship changes a lot throughout the course of it. Very quickly, very quickly too. too. I. He is voiced by a black man. Okay, I feel. I mean. I feel like that's obvious, but he is. I don't know. He is voiced by Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> hey, everybody, this is the part where I say none of us are black, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. Yes. Yes. That's true. Uh, uh, um, gameplay wise for Final Fantasy VII, is it. Um, I guess this is my last question I'll ask just because. I'm feeding. I'm, I'm I'm stoking the fire, but it's also not I'm Final sorry. Fantasy VII spoiler cast. No, I'm stoking the fire, so it's so it's. I'm I'm just I'm just spreading it. Uh, Jan Zarzicki knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, which is which is to ask the somebody who didn't like Kingdom Hearts three very much. Um, this game feels very much like that from the very minor videos I've seen of it. Um, what is the would you recommend it to somebody who hasn't played Final Fantasy VII from a gameplay perspective? So, so I kind of wish there was an option to go, to like actually go back to the original uh, combat system, because the combat system that's in seven. So every character plays differently. They all have sort of different mechanics and are useful in kind of in different ways apart from how you can mod them out. The problem is that you can only really control one at a time. And in order to really, really make use of the combat system, you have to be switching between them very frequently. It's, it's like the game wants to be a, like a Devil May Cry, like character action game, sort of. But you can't play it like that because you have three different characters you have to juggle all at once. Mm. Sounds like Final Fantasy 13. 
I was going to say it's um, a lot like 15. Yeah, it is. So if you liked the combat in 15, it's like that, but I think a little more refined and better. I didn't play 15. No, okay, he only well, played 13. Why <laughs> didn't you play Stand By Me, the video game? <laughs> why didn't you play the Road Trip video game? I don't know, but I can play it now on this PC I have. Hey. Um, so I'll use that as a segue to say that... Um, I've also been playing a, a, a complete remake of a video game oh. uh, since we last spoke. Yeah. Ooh. So I, as I've noted like three times, as I'm just so dang excited about it, I, I built a PC for the first time since I was, uh, I don't know how old I was, but it was 2004 was the last time and I built it with my dad. So this, I, I built this PC um, myself this time and that was a really fun experience. I won't go, I won't belabor the point here. I might put out a blog post or something, though, because there's a lot to learn <laughs> from building your first PC. But um, I've been playing Black Mesa, mm -hmm. which is... What is that? Yeah, so Black Mesa is the total, complete remake of Half-Life 1. What? Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy shit! Yes, because so, when did that come because out? Because Valve couldn't uh, be asked to do it themselves, so it took someone else doing it basically for free for them. Wait, Valve didn't do no. it? No. Mm -mm. Valve didn't make a money printing machine? No, no, no. They let someone else make it and then sell, sell, it, sell it on Steam. Right. But I think it's important. I haven't read the news, but I'm, or the, the news around it, but I'm pretty sure they're taking the majority of the profits, though, the people who made oh, it. Oh, they are. But it's yeah. still Valve taking zero effort to make yeah. crap tons of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this has been a, so Black Mesa Bear has been a passion project for many, many years mm -hmm. from this team of people who love the original Half Life. But once Half Life Two came out with the Source Engine, they wanted to build Half Life One in the Source Engine. So Valve let them do it basically um, without hitting them with like a Nintendo style you season know, desist. Season desist. Thank you, Tristan. Um, so they, it's finally come out like only a couple of weeks ago, actually. It's been in beta for many, many years as far as I understand. Mm -hmm. um, but it's out. It's like a slightly prettier Source game. So it's better It's better looking than like a Half-Life 2 by a little bit. Um, but I'm going to highly, I'm going to flat out recommend it. It's awesome. It shows you why Half-Life 1 was so good because uh, it really holds up. In fact, I played Half-Life 2 after it and... I was a little un underwhelmed, so they clearly did a good job with Black Mesa. Um, they've, ex if for anybody who's played the original Half Life, they extended the Zen sequence at the end of the game by a few yeah. hours. That mm. was that Ooh. was the big sticking point uh, because they were working yeah. on Black Mesa in chunks, and yeah. so parts of Black Mesa were done a while ago. Even mm -hmm. uh, Zen was what took them, I think, the longest time. Yeah, so then they pretty much had to do themselves. Like, all the puzzles and scenarios and environments, level design, they did it themselves, yeah, basically. Because, let's be honest, Zen was kind of shit in the original. Yeah. And it's still... It's actually... It probably overstays its welcome a little bit, even in this one, but it's really, really, really pretty. And it is still fun, and there's a lot of cool set pieces um, in Zen as well. So I'm just going to say, highly recommend it, uh, playing it. Excellent. Um, Vera. Video games are good again. Yeah, yeah. Vera, beyond um, control, is there anything else you've played lately? Or 
Anything no. Else you want to shout out? No, no. I mean, I mostly, yeah. In terms of, uh, I mean, continue to uh, take a look at, uh, like, support your local newspapers um, and consider uh, throwing some dollars towards mine, the Daily Hampshire Gazette. We have a donation button if you don't necessarily want to um, uh, to subscribe because you're not local but still want to support good local news. Um, but yeah, no. Um, mostly, I've just been playing Control and. I will then continue to play Control because we'll get into this more. But Control, I think, is one of the few games where, by the end of it, I was having actually more fun than the beginning. Like, it's definitely a game that like gets better and better as it goes on. And it may be the first game in a long time where I finish it and now I actually want to play um, the post-main story content. In many ways, because it is beautifully integrated with the main story like to the point where i had to ask you guys hey is there another main story development that happens if you complete all this content which apparently there isn't but it's still you still get a lot of story um, mm -hmm. after you beat the game which is really cool barra did you i forgot to ask prior but did you get the uh dlc or have you just played the base game just the base game i haven't gotten the dlc yet okay well you should because it's amazing. I haven't gotten the DLC either. Um, it's so good. <laughs> but I'm also... Neko gang, rise up. The I'm also on the fence because... Your fate. <laughs> I, I don't want to get anything until I decide if I'm going to rebuy it on the PC. Oh, that's true. With the, with the ray tracing fun. And then... I think that's uh, in supposed to be August or September when it comes out on Steam. Oh, uh, okay. So you got a little while longer. Well, it's already on, what, Epic? Yeah, but... Yeah, well... If it's on sale on Epic, I'll pick it up, and then... Well, I don't know if I get the DLC, though. It's eh. really good. That's a conversation... Well, no, I just don't know if I can with Epic, but that's a... That's a that's an aside conversation for another day. We'll go down. Ah. We'll go down a. We'll go down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> there are so go. many rabbit holes you can go down in this game. Oh my god! No, the Ep no the Epic Game Store. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We can go down as many rabbit holes as we want on Control. Well, um, you gotta watch because... out. You gotta watch out going down the Epic Games rabbit hole because they don't have a shopping cart yet, so you have to carry everything <laughs> with you as you're falling. <laughs> That's true. But um. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we'll just jump into it then. Uh, Control, it was a game. So, uh, in Control, again, put out by Remedy Entertainment, uh, the folks behind, among other things, Alan Wake. Did you find um, and that? Did you find the Alan Wake reference? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Um, there, there are, are many. many. There are many. But there's one that is straight but, up like, this is the Alan Wake event, from our perspective. Oh. Wait, what was the Alan Wake event? That... Well, let let Dan finish. Let Dan finish. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm just setting the stage. <laughs> I'm just setting the stage to say that in Control, you play as Jesse Faden, looking for her brother Dylan, which takes her to the oldest house, the Astral Plane, and under the mysteries of the Federal Bureau of Control. And finished janitors. Anyway, uh, so in uh, control, <laughs> I don't know where I'm okay. going. Okay, with this. so so you can go <laughs> ahead. You can go ahead, Tristan. All right. So for anyone who is familiar 
with the SCP Foundation. Anything you know from that whole universe will hold you in good stead here. Basically, there are anomalous things. There is a federal bureau set up to find and contain and study these anomalous things. These anomalous things are like, say, a red rotary phone that connects you to an astral intelligence called the board. Or a floppy disk with Soviet launch codes on it that lets you fling stuff telekinetically. And the Bureau has set up in this building, which is itself anomalous, called the Oldest House. And it's got... Basically, it lets them sit in the middle of New York City, and nobody notices them. Uh, Jessie shows up to... Because she's been looking for her brother, who has been missing since they were... Since the two of them were caught up in an anomalous event in their hometown when they were kids. And she has tracked him to the Bureau. She enters the bureau and meets the janitor, who directs her on, on her way. Who reads her fucking mind. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Did that just happen? There's a lot of wait a minute. Did that just happen mm -hmm. in this game? Yes. I, I, I should stop, though. We should stop really quick and just say that if so far what Tristan said is like piqued your interest, maybe you should stop listening and play the video yeah. game. If you have like anything it's on pc it's on xbox it's on playstation yeah and it's not on the xbox store but essentially what you do if you want to because i had this issue is that you basically just like you you can't really buy it from your console so instead what you do is you get on a computer you buy it in your xbox account and then it will start do downloading to your console that's the workaround we found yeah it is um, there, there's something very weird going on between remedy and xbox like Extremely. Extremely, it should have just this should have been an easy thing for me to go into the Microsoft store <laughs> and spend money, but this was not happening. Well, and there was also this whole back and forth about it being on Game Pass, where people were saying, Yes, yeah. it's going to be on Game Pass, and then people from Xbox saying, No, it's not going to be on Game Pass, and then the people from Remedy I saying, think... No, it's not going to be on Game Pass, and then the people from Xbox saying, Okay, it is going to be on Game Pass, and the people from Remedy saying, Actually, it's not going to be on Game Pass, and there's something weird going on there. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, from from the research I've done, um, which is not a ton, um, Microsoft owns. You used to pub, sell, used to publish all of Remedy stuff, mm -hmm. and they own the rights to a lot of their games series, their IPs. I believe they still own those rights to things like Alan Wake. Um, but oh. Remedy is still technically an independent studio. Well, they are yes. now, so they broke away, and now they're just getting publishing money. Like, they don't, you know, the publisher, 505 doesn't own them in the way that, in their IP, in the way that Microsoft did. Right. So they're just kind of helping them and publishing their game. Um, so I'm thinking there is some bad blood somewhere between Microsoft and Remedy, some way, somehow, that's contributing to all that. But that's about as far as I can go without probably being in their offices yeah. <laughs> no i mean i think yeah it's if but regardless of the way it's distributed and such um you know if you want to and yes 
if, if you want to go in totally knowing really nothing, I would stop now um, because we're going to spoil the shit out of this mm-hmm. game. Uh, but I will say that one of the coolest things about this game in terms of a mechanic perspective is is that uh, this it's probably has the best synthesis I've ever seen in a game of just of a lo- of just like making it so lore is plentiful and easily accessible but doesn't disrupt your enjoyment that doesn't disrupt the flow of, of the game yeah, and so and Barra, I will, yeah, I will which is I will yeah. tell you that if you love that style of lore and that mm-hmm. sort of the whole aesthetic behind the bureau and like their that format of writing and everything like that you should definitely check out the scp wiki because there is years of stuff like that written by a collective of different authors all working to build a cohesive universe oh no and it's interesting i had no idea about the scp project until i played this game and then looked up with it um but i'm actually talking about like less about like you know the the world building like there's in there's really cool stuff in the lore of the game i'm actually talking about more about just how the lore is integrated into the gameplay and that i am like one of those guys who will look who will open smash every box open every drawer look at every piece of random scrap of paper in a game in order to uh basically get everything but a lot of times that takes away from the flow of playing and a lot of times that means you have to really just like dig through a lot of random stuff if you don't want to miss things the cool thing about control is is if you're going through literally in every room like where there is a lore document is highlighted and you just can go there and pick it up and then watch it or read it at your leisure now sometimes it's going to be like a a movie that will like play in the uh, or or an audio file that will play like in in real time next to your character but you could always just go into your collectibles and read or watch or listen to it at any at any time so what that does is that it basically allows you to be running through gunning down and gunning down enemies solving puzzles and also just like rapidly picking up all these lore details which you can then just review in your leisure and which i think is totally worth it because you get a really full idea of this world and what is happening um and there is some and some stuff and i'm curious what people think uh are some of their favorite lore bits uh for, oh because uh because yeah i i have some oh, some few distinct ones uh but, why don't you go into why don't you go into one or two of them then so so um well first before i go into that um uh i will say that we should probably just like say in terms of the basic setup is that once jesse goes in she's at, she goes into the director's office the head of this the bureau and she sees him lying dead on the floor with a handgun next to him she picks up the handgun and then she's transported to this astral plane and where there's this mysterious black pyramid that's like communicating to her and after she passes a small test on the astral plane the gun bonds to her we find out that's an object of power it's basically the service weapon a yeah the service weapon it is a mo- oh, did you guys also catch like the first time you see the video the service weapon is a weapon <laughs> but then in the replay it's a cube yep yep which which is one of those cool little like fuck with you things like stuff changes that if like in in really interesting narrative ways 
But the service weapon, but yeah, objects of power basically are weird, are objects that kind of that alter reality that can be bound to somebody who can you uh, bound to another person and give them superpowers. So the service weapon is a powerful gun. You get that, and then your mind is invaded by this force called the hiss. You beat it back, but then you find that it's possessed a whole bunch of people, and you have to go and you have to fight it. And you learn from like the survivors who've remained human that the hiss has invaded the whole bureau, and you have to both deal with this hiss threat and try to figure out where your brother is because the bureau took him away after this big altered reality event that happened in your hometown of ordinary. Um, and my, yeah, my, my mind was blown within the first minute of the game when you, I don't know if anybody else picked up on this or if they, they, they happened upon it, but you, so you walk into the federal bureau of, or you walk into the oldest house, you go up the stairs and you go through a hallway and you talk to the janitor and the janitor reads your mind, sends you on your way. If you turn around mm -hmm. to go back the way you came, yep, <laughs> it's I forget if it is it an endless loop or it, mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah, it's an endless you can't loop. Go back, yeah. Congratulations, yeah, you, you have been volunteered for the position of director. Right. From the moment that that happened, I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm into control. Whatever, mm -hmm. whatever happens, happens. I'm in. I mean, so. one of my absolute favorite things about this game is like the building itself, mm -hmm. where this all is, the yeah. oldest house, because it feels like an antagonist. Yep. And there's actually, um, I know I linked it to you guys, but for the listeners, there's this really amazing video about control by um, a YouTuber called Curio. The video is called Control Lovecraft in the Modern Day. Okay. And like the uh they go into a lot of stuff about how the oldest house itself is an opposing force to you because it's just changing constantly it's super confusing mm -hmm. and weird and like it feels very oppressive and claustrophobic but like in a way that i find exploring it really fun because i want to like gain mastery of this place because you know you're the director you're in charge you should know how shit works here. But like, even people who've been there from almost day one are like, yeah, like sometimes, like they have these things called building shifts where just parts of the building move around. And, uh, you know, if you're not prepared, bye, you're gone. Like it just, it does not give a fuck. It's an seemingly all knowing force of nature otherworldliness that just does not care about what happens to you so one of the things i would say also um the and yeah like that the, the way the the way reality like bends and shifts and the oldest house as a character is is uh, is awesome uh i and i think on terms of the and i hadn't really thought of this as a noir story but um there are definite worries more as a detective story per se, but one of my favorite, um, but it is very much a detective story in the way that you are finding out like what happened to your brother and what's the deal with the bureau, what's the deal with you. This like there is this is very much a mystery, and one of my favorite things about the the about a good mystery story is is that oftentimes a sense of place is a character. Like the Sherlock Holmes stories are made better because London is a big character in it. Uh, when Raymond Chandler writes about Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a character. 
Um, the Maltese Falcon in San Francisco is an era. Red Harvest, oh, was another Dashiell Hammett thing. This little shitty town in Montana is very much a character, and it's basically one detective going up against this entire shitty town. Um, definitely recommend Red Harvest. Uh, but to loop back, uh, but yeah, but to loop back on uh, the on some of the media and stuff that you find that within this character of the oldest house, uh, the satisfy everything you learn about ordinary where that AWE event happened in some games that would just be like one cutscene or something. And the thing is, there's no cutscene that actually loops you back to what happened in ordinary, but there are ama these amazing, incredibly creepy, uh, like, uh, just like reports from the Bureau of what happened there where essentially, uh, you and your brother, she, uh, Jesse and her brother find these, um, that find the slide projector and these slides that allow them to go into other worlds. But then the slide projector is stolen and her classmates start going into this world where that then mutates them into horrible things. And they start Lord of the Flies killing people, the classmates. And then Jesse and her brother do, do a slide and find this positive entity, which helps her to drive the, the forces back. And then the bureau comes and cleans up everything and takes Dylan away. Um, and you learn about all of that like over time, and it's incredibly effective and disturbing. And uh, one of my favorite scenes is you go and you find a whole model of your town in wooden miniature with like basically just like what the the different stages of the AWE was, and it's eerie. And then you go and find out that the dump where they initially found the slide projector and then were fooling around with it has all been transported to the oldest house. Uh, and you get a therapy session where you're talking about that, where, where, you, you, where you hear it recorded and them talking, her talking about their therapist. And it's, it is so incredibly effective. Uh, and just very, very, very well done. Uh, and again, you like uh, the the ordinary event has this like ringing pathos to it in a way that uh, you just that you wouldn't get otherwise if it without like both the slow revelation and also revealing it in ways that are different than just a cutscene. And I am pro cutscene, and this move, this game also has some great cutscenes. It's just it was really cool that they did it that way. The other thing, yeah. and I know that Ali's going to love to talk about this as well too, is Threshold Kids. Um, there's Threshold this, Kids! There is this terrifying television show with puppets where first oh God, I it's saw so like, the proposal for Threshold Kids, which is like, hey, we have some youngsters here. I can know how to do that. Puppets. We kidnapped. Yeah, <laughs> I know how to do children. Puppets. We stole exactly. I propose we do a puppet show, and I thought, ha, huh, this never got. This never. Ha this would never happen. But this is a funny little thing I read, and then I saw three episodes of it, and I was like, <laughs> so you go from reading about this to seeing the episodes, and they're all creepy. But like one in particular, like where the guy is talking about like. People have different brains. Brains. It's so disturbing. <laughs> that one. That Tell one. Uncle Mr. Bones what's wrong. <laughs> I failed my clairvoyancy test. Oh, the, let's not forget the very first one, which ends with them just staring at the camera for like. Is that the one where they talk about the boy's mom being yeah. dead? Yes. It's like the yeah. first one you find, it, and it ends with them just staring at the camera for like a minute and a half, just like. 
comfortable now. I well, will say in the uh, in the DLC, you find the rejected threshold kids episode in the astral mm-hmm. plane. It's really it's, weird, and that's saying yeah. something. What? Well, it's, sorry, not. Uh, what did I say? Did I say rejected? Because it's a rejected episode. Yeah, you did. Okay. Well, Bear, I think that kind of speaks though to like the way this game leaks out information to begin with. Though, is it teases you with something in a great way, and then like you know, I think the I think you see the first episode of the Threshold Kids before you find that lore about it. Right? Well, I found I found the lore first. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I, I think I found the first video, and then I found right. that lore. I mean, Me that's too. the other thing too is like it does a very good job of letting you discover things about the world you're in. Like so many games do that, you know lore building where it's like oh you find a piece of paper you find an audio log but this is one of the games that does it really well because they add such weird mundane stuff too like the book club one where you have one person being like i thought this book was dumb and for babies and then the other person being like i liked the cool space nazis they had cool guns (laughs) and they should have won like I don't know. There's like enough like sprinkling of weird mundane, but also still weird crap in there that it makes us feel like a space that is at one time a living thing, but also at another time something that has been occupied by real actual people. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's what I like about about the story, though, and the storytelling in general to that point is that like it's this batshit crazy world where the building is shifting and you know people are visiting the astral plane and there are objects that can give you powers like a telephone or you know a floppy disk or something like that but at the end of the day like you still have all the same like human problems yep. <laughs> like, oh my god people. i still have to file my tps report on that stupid <laughs> right. fridge that eats people right right a bunch of like tone deaf people being like we need a show for kids and you know and, and and uh, yet the bureau, like, presumably these are people that have had children. Right. <laughs> and yet decide to make this TV program for yeah. children that yeah. they've kidnapped. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, I, no wonder Dylan ends up so messed up. I'd be messed up if I watched that as a child. Well, let's, and let's, I don't know who wants to jump on it, but let's, let's go through, maybe Tristan, why don't, continue us through the story or talk through maybe the main quest or. Yeah. So, so as... So as Jesse has now become the director it is, and has discovered that the first house is on lockdown due to this extra-dimensional invasion by what is essentially a very, very evil, sentient wavelength, um, Jesse must go through and try and rescue as many survivors as possible because uh, the head of research, Darling, who I, I love his videos... I love his report videos. They're so, they're so awkward and nerdy, and I just like, ah, this game uses live action beautifully. Like oh, the yeah. minute I saw a live action like video report, I was like, okay, this is someone's like dream project that they've worked on. Um, anyways, Darling has created what is basically a wearable anti-hiss device to help protect people HRAs uh, to keep people from being infected by it so there are a few survivors you have to go and find and figure out also what happened to everyone you know 
and we still don't really totally know what happened to Darling by the end of the game thus far. Um, I'm hoping we find out more in the DLC. Um, well, and uh, just to jump in, Tristan, there's also, like, ever since this Altered World event happened in Jesse's town, she's been, like basically living with like another entity yes polaris and it's called a polaris and there's a whole you could get into a whole interesting debate about like whether or not polaris is you the player character because sometimes she refers to like there are some bits where she refers to polaris in the third person but she mostly refers to polaris in the second person um and there's also the whole like is polaris actually a beneficial or benign entity? Or is it just opposed to the hiss? Um, yeah. Polaris's origins are, like many things in this game, very wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, so to speak. And I was fully expecting a setup where it turns out the Polaris was not actually beneficial. And we don't, unfortunately, get that. Um, by the end of it, the hiss destroy Polaris, but there's enough of it left in Jesse that Jesse can continue to function. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Well, I mean, I think it was interesting because then again, like, so you find out that this slide, that um, the one slide left that the bureau that wasn't destroyed by Jesse, which is the world where Polaris came, where the Polaris entity came from, the bureau went through, and they found. It is. Oh, they found the physical entity which she encountered and 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 uh, and helped her, and that is turns out is the source of these uh, is the protection the hedron resonance generators. They call Polaris hedron, um, and also Darling. Uh, after he exposes himself to like heavy amounts of hedron, he then like mysteriously like leaves and stuff. But uh, the hiss does destroy hedron, but then it's just. But then you get, like, this message from Darling where it's just, like, it's not a source. Hedron's not a source, but it's a catalyst. Mm -hmm. So then there's the question of whether some of that lives on in her, whether it just basically awakened her para-utilitarian abilities, or... It's all... It's it's all... It's, it's very interesting and well done. I will also say that when Hedron is destroyed and you're taken over by the hiss and then it goes to credits i thought oh i now have to figure out how to play this game better to get the not bad ending and i, <laughs> and then, I had the same thought <laughs> and then it was going through it and then it's like oh wait so you, i'm now in just this office is like deliver the mail entry-level worker collect all the mugs it's which like documents. to me was so amazing because like when so you get to a point in the game where you do finally meet up with your brother and like Unfortunately, like he's being taken over been by the hiss, hissed. like super hissified, and he talks about things that have happened to him and Jesse, and then talks about like dreams that he's supposedly had. And one of these dreams is that part that happens after the first credits roll, where Jesse is the office mm -hmm. worker and he's the head of the bureau. Yep. Slash trench. It's, it's very, very strange. strange. Um, 
but that was that was one of my favorite moments too, Barra, where you're like, oh no, I didn't, you know, I didn't play it well enough, and then and then the credits start to get all fucked up. So good. So what? What other thing that I'll say is is that um, so um, what I love role playing games. I love especially tabletop role playing games is a great love of mine. Um, I'm, I like single player games with that are RPGs or have RPG elements. This isn't an RPG; it's a linear storyline, but there's RPG elements and. Uh, it maybe even fits the Japanese description of an RPG where there is no way your choices can affect stuff, but you still get to, um, you know, like, customize and all. Uh, one thing, though, that's an issue with those types of games is that at some point you've upgraded yourself and you're basically a god. Like, there's a few boss fights that put you under restrictions or just so hard that, like, yeah, you can't, it doesn't matter. I did side missions, and I also did pretty, I think, sensible builds. Like, I just, I maxed out my health, etc. Uh, I was mindful about what mods I was using in my weapons. And the game was still hard and challenging up until the very end. So, uh, so I will say... And that was impressive. So, I will say that I do have some gripes about this game. And... Gameplay and difficulty are one of them. Um, Interesting. There, there are a few very severe difficulty spikes, and there's also there, there. So there's a there. There's a fight towards the end of this game, main game, that I beat on my first try, but I came really close to dying like three times. And I could just tell that if somebody else had a slightly different experience than I did, maybe died. <laughs> like it would have been one of the most unpleasant things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you referring to the fight that where Hedron dies? Um, I think so. Sorry, it's been a few months, but it's the fight where you like it's just a it's a it's normal encounter type thing. But it's like I, I think it is yes. In fact, with the like the giant room and yes, there's like yeah. big platforms yes. you have to go around That's in a circle. Yeah, I had that same that same problem too. I took it um, I took it a lot slower after a certain point, mostly because like I had just come off of watching the GDQ yeah, speed run of the game, that. and I was like, oh yeah, I can do that really fast. Oh, oh no. no, I can't do so, that really fast. So Don't do my that. Thing with the, with this game, so the hiss enemies, some of them are absolutely trivial. And some of them are awful. And there really isn't an in-between. Um, also, you don't have enough health. It feels like the game is... It feels like the game should have regenerating health, but it doesn't. And by the end of the game, enemies do crap tons of damage... And even if you've been upgrading the service weapon, it still doesn't do a lot to them. Which means you rely on launch, your telekinetic abilities. But then there are enemies whom you can't launch stuff at. Because they can dodge it. Um, there's also, like, no checkpointing. And the load times, at least on PS4, are very long. So dying... And when you die, you lose source. You lose um, currency, basically. So dying over and over again to something is a pain in the ass. It's like, and I've died again. Cool. 
another two and a half minutes of loading. I'm lost five minutes of progress because of where the checkpoint is. And, oh, all, I've lost, ha like, half my currency. Great. Um, for me, that culminated in... So, as you're playing the game, you can get these alerts of, like, priority targets or hiss invasions in certain areas. <clears throat> and I went to one. It was in uh, that area you first fight Tomasi. It was in the mailroom. And so I'm running over to where the alert is. I turn the corner, and I turn the corner and immediately come face-to-face -face with the named boss of that alert, who has a shotgun, and blows me away in two shots while I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Basically, I turn a corner and die instantly. So, I never had that experience with the game at all. In fact, like... The gameplay to me was, I always felt it was challenging but fair. But I think it may also be because of just the nature of how I did my upgrades, which is that I dumped things into health. Like my my personal body upgrades were either um, increase your health bar or um, uh, gain more health per element, which actually the best loadout, because that final thing before Hedron dies where you're platforming and stuff, I died so much there. Just because there were a number of, um, it's like, there's, it's two tough fights. The third fight's ridiculous because there's telekinetic users are, you know, with like the whole, are just really tough, really tough to kill. Mm -hmm. Um, let's also not but, forget, but the, you could also, let's also not forget the invisible hiss who can basically one shot you and you basically can't well, get Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. And, but the thing was, is that, um, uh, but it, it, but essentially in that film I found that the thing is like have two health upgrades and one thing that allows the pips to just really regenerate you. Um, but like I, by the time I reached the end of the game, I had all, I had full health up my, I, I'd upgrade my health all the way through. Oh, so did and I. And I was just spamming that. Oh, so did I. Yeah. And so the other, so I like, the, yeah. well, the other problem too is that the upgrades you get are randomized. Yep. I cannot yeah. tell you how many goddamn levitation ammo efficiency upgrades I fucking threw away because it wouldn't. Well, let me ask you this, Tristan. Stop. Did you use levitate a lot? A fair bit, but usually not while fighting. So that's. I think the way the game works is it spits mods at you for things you don't use very often. Ugh. That's what my fiance and I concluded because I was getting pierce mods out the wazoo yeah. and he was getting shield mods out the wazoo. And I think that's the game's way of trying to tell you, try experimenting a little. Yeah, I, I agree. And I would also say that I didn't have any of the problems you had, Tristan. There's definitely some hard, somewhat unfair parts in the game, but my guns were doing mega damage even towards the end of the, even at the end of the game. And I didn't really have the same problems. And I think it's just because we were playing differently. <laughs> Maybe there, I don't know if there is a right way to play. But I don't think there's necessarily I don't think there is either. a super right way. Although yeah. I will say it benefits you to be really aggressive. Because yeah. when I first started playing, I tried to take it kind of slow, like how I take anything involving shooters. But this game's like, you know, you need yeah. to get in there and be super aggro. So one of the first things I upgraded besides 
health and energy was actually the shield. Well, it's, and I just like barreled yeah. through problem, people. So that's actually an interesting thing. Oh, go on. The Trace. problem I had with the shield was that while your shield is up, though, you can't do anything until eventually with the DLC you get, which unlocks more stuff. You can shield bash people, and eventually you can chuck it, but the chucking it doesn't do a lot of damage. It can stun something. But then you also have this downtime where now you no longer have a shield. And again, you're also not regenerating health, and the shield only protects you from the front. And you have to kill things in order to get them to drop health. So if you you haven't killed anything, but you've taken a lot of damage, the shield doesn't really help you. Because you have to kill something to get it to drop health. So one of the things that uh, it's interesting you mentioned about being aggressive, Ali, because I do think that that's important. But I also would die a lot of times when when I wasn't deliberate enough in the fight. I think that there is actually there could be a lot of good balance because on the one hand, like you want to be dashing in. And by the way, I use once I got the carousel thing, I use the dash ability all the time. Yeah, like, I cannot. The thing that's crazy to me is that that power. Is an optional power. I cannot I imagine either. going through the game without the dash. I, oh my gosh. That's it would, insane. It would uh, I do think it's really funny though, and I want to talk to somebody who just happened to not ever find that. Um, yeah. So one of the so so yeah, but like I think that using the dash or like getting getting the health elements is important. But you also you can't let yourself be overwhelmed and surrounded by enemies, or you're gonna die. Right. Like I think it's just basically you want to phrase like you basically want to keep everybody in front of you. Um, and then just like pick folks off and then dash and get the elements and then go back and yeah, yeah. Much kill and that's all what the before, the before the DLC the I used the shield for a lot was like I picked off that thing I'm gonna shield dash pick up health okay pick off something else like very quickly but just like a quick succession of like kill shield dash dash kill rinse and repeat yeah uh, a lot of that and then once you get the shield bash in the DLC I mean it's just it was over. I was having a ball with that. Um, the other big issue... I have the launch of the shield in the basic game, too. Yeah, you get the shield launch in the basic game, but it's very uh, short range. Yeah. Um, I um, I, I found everything... I, I found that I just used launch pretty much the entire same. time. A lot. Because it's really powerful. And then I just used... Yeah, and then I used really strong weapons, too. Like, I used pierce almost exclusively. Like, pierce and grip. Um, I never use like the automatic weapons. Like, what's the name of the one that like spin. sprays spin? Spin. Yeah. I was. I I wanted to like spin so bad, but never found anything that it was good I for. I was really good for the weaker hiss, just taking out a bunch of them. Um, I was really disappointed in shatter. I'm like, this should be a shotgun. It feels really underpowered. Yeah, the, I also didn't. Li- I was expecting to like shatter, 
And to be honest, like you know, you know, sh when I tried using shatter and spin as opposed to grip, a lot of the times when I changed away from the basic gun, I just died. Uh, I didn't know Pierce was basically what I used for bosses until I got until I found the um, what's its face the charge. Uh, launch the charge yeah. yeah charge and then it was like oh yeah charge this is what I need is there is there a way on the Xbox to like actually zoom in with the Pierce because there, there's there an upgrade be. you can get for it. If you yeah. are lucky enough to get it, that increases the zoom when you use the aim function. And 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 guess and guess what? To Ali's point earlier, mm -hmm. I got I didn't use Pierce a bunch, and then I got that upgrade, and then I used it exclusively. I got like a really good version of that. I attached it and never looked yeah. back. Mm. Um, but... I will also say, pro tip for uh, everybody here that hasn't gotten the DLC yet. Probably by the time you hit the DLC, you will be swimming in Source. I actually ended up upgrading the uh, the mods aspect of the game. So, like, there's a part where you're at control points, basically the save points, where you can craft your own mods. You don't get a say in exactly what you're modding for, but it's, like, it's a body mod or a gun mod. Upgrade that. Oh, upgrade the shit Because out of there is a higher tier of upgrades. Like, in base game, it's... Five. Uh, absolute, I think, or prime, and then they add a purple tier in the yep. DLC. And being able to just craft a bunch of purple tier mods is so fucking yeah, good. The I was <laughs> yeah. running into with mod crafting were the specific resources that you need for them. You just gotta run around yeah. killing. I just love killing. Uh, my other. Like, it's one of those games, it's like a GTA, but instead of turning it on to just drive around, I just turn it on to fly and throw things at people. Yeah. My other my other big issue I have playing this game is that it's really important to be able to pick out specific targets, because there are certain things you need to prioritize taking out. Um, in this game, there are way too many visual effects around enemies, around you around the screen when you're low on health and there are way too many physics objects like my f like when i was in the mail room that first fight with tomasi my frame rate was garbage because something would happen and all of a sudden a million different little mail tubes pneumatic tube containers would go flying and it's, and i'm down to like two frames a second yeah. And he just one shot. That's... Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it again on PC when that won't be <laughs> yeah. an issue. Right, that's, that's for sure. Seriously, that's 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 the other reason why I want to pick it up again. I want to see what those battles were supposed to look like. Right. Yeah, this game, <laughs> like I said, this and checkpoints and loading times, like the game desperately needs some optimization. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you, Tristan. Though that I think to me the biggest, and you said it first, that's why I'm calling it out. But the biggest punishment to me when I died wasn't the source or anything else it was just the loading i was going to have to endure yep. <laughs> to get back to where i wanted but luckily i didn't die all that much it reminded me a lot of so so do i all of you remember when uh bloodborne first came out before they patched no. the loading times that's what it reminded me of yeah, I just think the we're finally at a in a weird place where consoles are no longer keeping up with the, the Jones, the, you know, the times, you know, during their life. 
Um, and you and I, Tristan, have base PS4s. Yep. <laughs> yep. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this, though, which is, is that um, uh, I, I, I hear about the loading times, but I will also say that this was one of the smoother games I found in terms of not having glitches in gameplay. Like, there's only two times where like the game crashed out on me and then I was able to reload it to avoid to that no problem and there was like maybe one or two times where there was any kind of like clipping or anything it's just like even after like you know being away from the game and watching a movie whenever I went back into it I just got like 99.9% .9 of the time it just like went back to smooth gameplay so whenever it actually loaded it was just really smooth and I appreciated mm -hmm. that and how is your performance, Bear? I actually think you benefited from waiting a while to play it because they probably had more time to patch. Oh, wait. What do you mean by oh, oh in terms of my per what do you mean by how was my performance? yeah like like d was was it stuttering like Tristan and I mentioned like no low frame rates no no that that's what I was saying no no low frame rate whatsoever. Yeah. It was like there was like one or two times where there's a low frame rate and. Uh, twice where it like crashed out of a crashed out of a scene, like after it stuttered to stop. I think it's because of patching that it works so well. Um, if you guys were having those issues, yeah, I think by the time the DLC rolled around, I didn't have nearly as many issues with uh, frame rates yeah. and whatnot. No, just had issues finding. And it all never those cats. crashed on me either, which is nice. But... I mean, it's just. I just also really love this game because it reminds me a lot of um, of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, where it's this sort of really nice sort of middle ground of, like, not quite indie, yes. but also not big, overbloated AAA. Yes. It's just, like, this really nice sweet spot of very fleshed out and realized product that has so much love and attention given we to it. I actually, earlier today, was listening to the... Uh, uh, fanbite uh, fanbite podcast with that's fanbite with a yt and um they had an interview with uh anna mcgill who was one of the writers for control who specifically like um came up with the threshold kids <laughs> nice actually she was the narrative leave on the game if i remember correctly and like how much she like put her heart and soul yeah into that like that's the thing i love about these kinds of games is you can tell so much yes. research and time and care went into them you don't also surprising no one a lot of that stuff from thresholds kids is inspired by don't hug me i'm scared and high stranger which if you guys haven't seen high stranger it's a uh, oh it's yeah. something we okay. it's we something do not get games like this anymore and the industry is the poorer for it a hundred. I mean, yeah. I actually did get kind of a an awesome callback to the days where I was, where like you were really getting um uh, just like creator focused games. Ones where ones where it was like clear that there was a unique vision and people put money behind it. This is the, this is the cool thing about this game. It is looks about. I don't know if it qualifies as AAA or whatever by whatever metric, but like this is as at least with the version I played. <gasps> The game is as smooth and runs as well and is pretty and has as excellent a gameplay as anything else in the marketplace. Oh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this, but it's like a third-person 
uh, shooter type situation where like there's a yes. lot of shooting and stuff, but it is like pretty. The camera is fairly far far behind the shoulder. Uh, yeah, it's not too. It's not very uh, claustrophobic in that sense, which is nice. Yeah, um, and the and the powers are well uh, are are pretty well incorporated. Like the launch power, the dash seems like is a natural one. And one of the cool things about is you get more power is is, is that um, you incorporate like with a floating power when you get that more platforming elements come about, which could be frustrating for me because platforming has been my bane since the Mario games. But I will like I die I died a number of times to like slowing my jump down in a, in a wrong place. Um, but it was but one but again it can be tough but fair and once you figure it out. It works well, and it eased you into it. Like uh, when you do the ashtray maze, where basically the only the way you get out of it is you like master the fact, like oh, you float up a lot higher. That's how you get to basically the final thing before Polaris. You have to figure out that jump situation in order to get to the platforms to go down. And then when you're in the final boss fight, the, uh, that final fight before Hedron dies slash Polaris dies, the only way that works is if you actually know the platforming mechanic properly. So they like yeah. There's a lot of really, and then you use it under pressure in a natural way. There's a lot of really interesting like uh, movement mechanics mm-hmm. in the game, and I really highly um, advocate people to go watch the GDQ speedrun that they did this last winter of it because you want to talk about movement mechanics. It's absolutely crazy. Like my favorite one was realizing there's like a ground mm-hmm. pound power utilizing that to move upwards to get to ledges you can't get with the normal levitate yeah it's nuts really yep yes that's how i found a lot of the uh secret areas for extra uh upgrade points there are secret areas yes yes there are yes and every time you discover one you get an upgrade point oh right i got one of them when i um uh, where i when i went beyond the ledge from the ho- from from after beating Salvatore, which that was a hard boss. Um, like I just then just like walked towards the light until I like got an upgrade point. Yeah, that was. I mean, again, like this game rewards exploration in such a cool way, and it's not always like oh you get a super cool power or a weapon or whatever, but it's just like you get cool little things about the world, like a uh, backtracking to a uh, uh, the ordinary AWE. One of my favorite like uh pieces of lore that they have are witness testimonies mm-hmm. from AWEs and other things and it's one where they did interviews with um Je- uh, I almost said Dylan's brother Desi <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's brother Dylan because you know they've kidnapped this poor child and they're interviewing him about what happened and one of my favorite ones is uh ordinary AWE stage 4.A where he talks about how him and his sister are chased by this gang of boys called the Dung Monkeys. Right. And they come and follow them, and they're like, and they were going to get us, but then this other boy from that they knew, Neil, showed up. But Neil looked like a dog, a melted dog. But I knew it was him. Neil said a lot of times he didn't like being a boy because Tom just beat him up. I think he liked being a dog. Yeah, that was like, that, that just, was amazing. Just, like, you don't need to go into graphic detail of telling me that some, a child that's turned into a melted dog looks yeah. fucked up. It's also the added element of, in this same document and in other documents, they have, like, audio and written recordings of 
Jesse's therapy sessions, which you're like, is the therapist a plant by the Bureau? Or are they just stealing all of the therapist stuff? Because, like, the Bureau's basically been following Jesse her entire life since I, I, this thing happened I in like Ordinary. I like the that the psychiatrist was a plant. That, that's kind of what I yeah. think, too. Especially considering they had, like, oh, and there's, there's the whole America Tonight yep. radio show. Where it's, like, a Federal Bureau of Control, like, organized radio show to, like, weed out real cases of, like, objects of power and altered items and AWEs. And if they find a real one, like, you know, get in contact with the people involved and try to cover it up and, like, take what information they can. I was a little disappointed that, um, well, not disappointed, but it was interesting to me that after they found out about, after... I mean, maybe I just missed the dialogue portion, but after Jesse found out that she'd been P7 and that the board had been keeping tabs on her, why didn't she confront them and get angry about that? Uh, probably because they are an extra-dimensional entity, and and, and there's a bit no, actually. Sorry, I, there's a bit I, actually in the I DLC. I the people in control, though. Oh, in the. I mean, the, at this point, who's she gonna get yeah. mad at? She's the one yeah, in charge. She's the boss. And she could get mad so, at the and, board, but yeah, I guess I guess Darling is gone and Trench is gone. Um, Emily says that she thinks what they did was immoral, but like, yeah, I I thought that was a, the, the, there's a the, the characters you direct were interesting. Emily, who's like your scientist and and uh, who's like the main scientist and kind of the person where after you do big uh, plot events, you go back to and talk to who. Um, I don't know who did the animation design on her, and maybe she just looks like the actress, but she looks like a younger Jodie Foster. Um, on the, the you, I appreciate how on the one hand she was likable, but also very human. I think that's what other than that, like, oh, she's a likable person, etc. But then also you get this sneaking suspicion, and you hear from Jesse's internal monologue, which is a really cool, interesting thing. Like, oh, and she's also kind of into her research to the degree that she may disregard people, humans and stuff. I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was one uh, character and side character in particular that I really liked. Um, oh, Simon, who's like the head of security or, yeah. or not the head of security, but yeah. works in security. This might just be me, but he gave me real Garibaldi from Babylon Five. Yeah, vibes. That, except he didn't I, I, keep I've never shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Garibaldi! Uh, just like shit's weird, but I gotta yeah. deal with it. What am I gonna do? Quit? I can't get out. <laughs> I I do also like yeah, that, he, I... that that you actually have a full mission with him, where you find the rest of his group. Yeah, it's nice. Wait, you uh, all right? He's a security chief because Marshall's the head of yeah. security. You have Duh. you you have a uh, you you have a mission with him. Which which mission is that? Uh, it's a mission where you go and try and find um, the tags from the rest of his group. Wait, you get to he then goes with you for the last. He doesn't go. Six he doesn't go with you. He's still at um, at central control. He's still in the executive yeah. in central executive. But he asks you to do that for him. Oh yeah, no, I'm doing that mission right now. <laughs> right now, as we speak. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... No, no. It, it, <laughs> as it we're was playing, funny. it's like as I was going through, I found three of his people. I just ended up like running into and uh, and dispatching. So 
um, was like, oh, I'm halfway done. So after... Uh, Is that also part of the whole... Um, uh the anchor mission as well does that tie into that or is that a different thing involving him i i don't think it ties into i him. honestly forget i don't think, I don't think it so that's like the one optional boss fight where i realized oh i need to get better at flying because i kept dying just from falling into the pit in the middle yeah me too i i never actually beat that one um that's an optional boss, but I never actually beat I, it. Uh, I reason. beat it, and then as it was dying, my levitation gave out, and I slipped <laughs> off the edge into a hole in the middle, and died. And I had to fight it again. No. And I was just like, I was livid. <laughs> wait, wait, which wait, which boss fight was that? Uh, the anchor, the one that spits out clocks and rotates. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I I haven't fought that yet. It's optional. Yeah. Oh dear. It's it's optional. It's hard, but it's it's fun. The only one that clocks. made me actually like, oh god, I'm so mad is the mold, which is really funny to me because that's also a boss that other people had problems with. There's a uh, fiance went and beat it on the first try. A very <laughs> easy trick to beating the mold, and that is to equip the headshot damage up boosts because you can only shoot the quote-unquote heads so the parts of that of yeah. that boss that are damageable are coded as heads so like if you have the say you know the grip headshot damage up mod attached it applies to every shot you deal you hit that thing with that deals damage cool i never thought i never even found that one but that's that's one of the things I like about this game, though, is that there's it, it respects your time. Going back to that like smaller AAA thing, like mm -hmm. it's small and contained enough that you can beat it, and it respects your time in a way that you can see the plot beats and get what you want, some video, or you can explore more. There's a yeah. lot of really cool stuff in the, along the way that you can explore if you want, but you don't have to. Like I think about that awesome part where you are in um, uh, what's the name of the the final area research. And you um, see the guy staring out at a refrigerator. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, that poor that was, bastard. Th that that boss was so hard. I was worried what if what would happen if I lost all my source. Um, I got yeah. so low trying to kill the boss for that. Yeah. Um, former man. I think, I think that's also the boss. I, I the thing that I beat that I died on the most was that boss the former yeah. I, and it's mostly again because i just kept falling through the holes accidentally yeah. yeah the falling the falling damage is real how i actually ended up finally beating it was is that i was like oh wait i'll just like float do a lot of floating whenever he yeah. liked it i basically would float every time he did his big attack so i yeah. would just be floating over the hole um and by the end, I was literally, like, in his face, discharging the service weapon. And then it died. And it was great. Also, would it have killed them to have different ammo for different weapons? <laughs> I'm fine with the unified ammo system, thank you very much. Same. Uh, yeah, I liked, I liked the way that... Is. Yeah, I liked, I, liked, I liked the way that they had the... The ammo set up and the gun the gun set up in general was really novel i thought yeah it was just like this is this is your service weapon you will you will treat it with respect i just i just wish right. that different mo versions of the service weapon or different forms of the service weapon 
didn't share the ammo pool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I no, hear ya. it's the. I I do think, but in terms of the thing of like respecting your time, I mean, as I said before, the whole thing about like the lore is stuff that's easily findable, etc. Um, that the game storyline is one where it's fairly cohesive, uh, and you can follow it. Like I do, did appreciate that nothing I felt was was a time waster in that game. Um, I don't like puzzles very much, but most of them. I enjoyed and they were fair enough for me to figure out I did have to use y'all for two of them but uh but it was still pretty f that's what friends are for it's true and uh it was still I still felt that there was like kind of struck the perfect balance of like being challenging enough that you had to think and while at the same time uh not being a big um suck the one thing I'll say that was frustrating me was that sometimes it was difficult for me to find things. This wasn't always the case, but like sometimes I was just like difficulty to find an area and stuff because of the way things were laid out and stuff. Yeah. So, Barrett especially just, since the, there, there was no tracking system. Barrett, just wait until you have to try and find all the cats. Cats? Yep. The Maneki Neckos. Wait, is wait. that a DLC? Yes. Segway? Yeah, it's in the DLC. But the reward is so worth it. Neko gang, rise <laughs> up. The reward for finding wait, all wait. of the Nekos is so worth it. Like, That's, use a guide if you have to. cats, right? Yeah, the, the lucky yeah, cats. lucky waving cat. Uh, let me see if I can find the... The beckoning yeah. cat. So, um, the DLC then is good? The DLC is amazing. You'd recommend that I also, buy the DLC? Yes, and also just buy the season pass because it's going to give you access to the other DLC and you'll be able to play a little... Um, hold on, I, I have to tell you what the name of it is because it is um, amazing. Vamping for time. It's the... Um... Yeah, there's like a second DLC coming Vamping out, Vamping right? yeah. for time. It's like a little, like, mini mission. Oh, okay. Um, oh my god, why can't I find the, the name the of it? The missions you want to go in the sensory deprivation uh, tank. Wait, it needs the name. Needs the name. Dr. Yoshimi Takui's Guided Imagery Experience. <laughs> nice. And that's all I'm going to say. Sounds good. Uh, I found the photos that I... The screenshots that I saved, and I just threw them into our chat so you guys can um, see them. But um, yeah, find the Maneki Nekos. The reward is amazing. It's totally worth it. Um, I don't know. So I'm looking at my notes. The only thing I had that I wanted to cover, we kind of talked about loadout a bit. So I'm just going through my notes here. Um, we've talked a bunch too about like moments we've glossed over some are there any other moments that people wanted to call out in a game filled with them or uh... Ooh. um the refrigerator yeah i want to talk about the refrigerator so in in the game you go to this parent place i can't talk today you go to this place called the panopticon which houses a bunch of altered items and objects of power which to differentiate between them altered items are just things that are weird Whereas objects of power are like seemingly like almost have free will and give people paranatural, paranatural abilities. So 
you're in the Panopticon, and you find this guy who's sitting in a cell with a refrigerator. Because if you look away from the refrigerator at any point, it will kill you. And this poor guy has been stuck in there since the lockdown began. No, so he no one's come to begs you to find. Yeah, nobody knows he's there because they're on lockdown and everybody's scared. Can you please find somebody to take over my shift? Somebody was supposed to be here, you know, like 12 hours ago or something like that. My eyes and, are, uh, like, bleeding. Unfortunately, he gets he gets et by the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's just that thing. Oh, the other thing I really like, too, is anytime I'd find something from the Dead Letters yes, Department. Yes, those are hilarious. Which is where you get, like, weird mail sent to you it also has a lot of stuff to do with the radio show america overnight but it's like basically the department where wackos send letters to the bureau and you know they'll try to discern whether or not these are legit like there's one i think from the dlc where this guy just like smells the color green or something like that or like a fondue set that vaporizes a woman (laughs) And, like, other just really weird shit. That's where you find all the stuff that they couldn't work into an actual full-on item. Um, Everything having to do with the rubber duck was great. Oh, the rubber duck's amazing. The rubber duck is amazing. Um, There's a moment where you're in the... uh, Where you're in the motel. And there's, like, a couple outside the motel, like, banging on the door. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that, like, actually kind of scared me, because I was really unnerved that there were maybe actual people outside. <laughs> I was hoping you could open the door. And what? Let those poor Please, people in? Please, I need in? real human contact. <laughs> and, of course, let's not forget the, 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 the best door opening of the motel. Which was? when you open When you open a door and there is a... Um, slide projector playing uh, oh, a yes. beautiful music yep. video. Dynamite. Dr. Darling. Yay. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I will say that uh, Jesse Faden as a character is really neat. I appreciated how she would... I appreciated the nuance in terms of her. I appreciate that she had giant big sister energy. I've never had a big sister, but I would assume that would be like Jesse Faden. Uh, I liked how she was able, her, she definitely had the whole every woman thing done in a way that I think is, for whatever reason, you don't see in a lot of characters. Um, and that was real in, it was really cool. Uh, I, so Jesse was great and I liked a number of the other characters, like Arish was awesome, Emily Pope was interesting. Didn't see really enough of Marshall to have a giant opinion about her. But a darling does steal the show, and like by the end of it, I was like, the just like not just that this is good for a video game. The acting that darling did in his segments is definitely his his voice actor should get a lot of um slash. I'm sure there must have been motion capture involved in that too. They he deserves some some heavy kudos. Well, it's well, I just it's so fascinating that you never actually get to meet yeah, him, right? but you get such a good feeling for what kind of person he is from these videos and from actually one of my f- other favorite lore- I just like every collectible you can get in the game. I'm like I love this, but there's one of his in particular that I really like. It's about the uh the sand. Uh 
To all dimensional staff research, I've heard that numerous people have been complaining about the sand piled up around dimensional research. This sand is a precious, precious research material from a foreign dimension and will be examined more thoroughly when I have the time. If you attempt to clean or dispose of the sand, I will bar you from any future research endeavors. You will spend the rest of your career licking in envelopes in a cubicle staring at a cat poster. In all caps, do not touch yep. my sand. <laughs> I, also, I also really appreciated that they made sure to use the... They, they used... The actors, right? That that Jesse Faden live action is also Jesse Faden in game, right? You know, yep. Trench in game is also Trench in live action. Yeah, like that was. I mean, you could have like faked it, but it worked right. so well. In fact, there's a video out there of the voice actress who plays Jesse Faden. I can't remember the voice actress's name, but. She's actually at Remedy's office giving you a tour. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> it's yeah. really yeah. cute. Yeah. I'll, we'll send the link after the show. Oh, um, man, but, that's awesome. But Tr- Tristan, I think you were getting to a point, though, that, about what Barra said. So, J- Barra, just to be clear, those videos aren't mocap. Like, that's actual live-action video. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. That's yeah. actual live-action just video. Yeah, it's did like they, a full-motion video. Did they, yeah. they, they then just did a little animating over? If if even. The, no, I think they're just literal yeah, videos that they play, yeah. that they record, that they literally recorded on a yeah, set. They ha- oh, I thought I they thought it a- still had some little animation veneer on it. I um, mean, they, they they probably added some filtering and effects here and there. Yeah, I'd say probably for like all the stuff that's like you know the the hotline videos uh, right. and Jesse like conversing with Polaris or being yeah. attacked by the hiss. Like those definitely have like an animation overlay, but like I think it's pretty minimal what they did to the Doctor. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's very bit, much though, but regardless it's it's very much cool. actual people on actual sets. <laughs> That's the actual un- actor in his actual underwear <laughs> surrounded by falling yep. paper. <laughs> I love him. Um but and like I, I said, want that's... to I wanna just also Oh sorry Vera. No, no. I mean, I just think that that that, that again that you can that you can tell that just like his his acting again, it's it should definitely get some get some get some serious serious kudos for that. I think he won an award for uh like best uh second like yeah maybe secondary best, character best or something. live action character in a video game. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I want Remedy to make an FMV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yep. Bring back the FMV. I- I think it's a I think it's a testament to this game that we've spent all this time talking about how good it is and all the favorite moments and we haven't beyond mentioning it once off offside we haven't really brought up the ashtray maze at all. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, which is probably yeah. the God. greatest moment in the game, and I am super upset that there isn't really a way to listen to the song on repeat while you are just playing the game normally outside of that section. <laughs> like yeah, you can go um... into your collectibles. And listen to the song, but then if you leave the collectibles, it stops playing. No, I would have very much enjoyed that. Uh, for those wanting to be in the know, there's this cool thing called the ashtray maze, which is basically only the director can um, can get. Once you bind the ashtray, only the director can go through it, or people who have permission. And Ati, the Finnish janitor, who I was waiting for some plot reveals about that, like he was actually the former director or something like that. Um, yeah. Like, no, he just showed up yeah. one day. There's like a log about him where they're like, this guy's just showed up. He says he's a janitor. 
Okay. He is. He's here. He is Yoda. He is amazing. And I, he, he uh, I think, I think he's the um, Yara of this whole universe. That he's like this ultimate trickster god who's just like taking a break, gonna clean some floors. These people seem I mean, fun. If it was, re- if I saw a log which said that like Ati is Loki, I would be extremely happy. Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's um, my theory. But. He, he, he Ati gives you um, his Walkman to help guide you through. So you go in and you put the headphones on, and then there's this blaring, uh, awesome heavy metal song, which then is playing through the entirety of you navigating the ashtray maze, where there's like walls open up and you're fighting, you're platforming, and at the end of it, she takes it off and she's like, "That was uh, her earbuds off after you clear the maze." She's like, "That was awesome." And what's it was. It, what's and, even better, Bera? Is that mm-hmm. that band? They're yeah. from Alan Wake. And they're, they're also, also real. But wait, what do you mean they're from Alan Wake, but also real? They're they're like two old biker dudes in Alan yeah. Wake. But they're also a real band in real life. Wow. So so that's th- awesome. So the this band has done now two different projects. All with remedy, and one one of which they actually show up in. <laughs> I mean, there's also just so much stuff like uh, that connects to Alan Wake, and I'm assuming like also stuff from Quantum Break, which even though I haven't played it, um, like the whole thing where like there's that one clip where somebody's like, "I need the passcode for this door," and Doctor Darling's like six six five, you know, neighbor of the beast, and there's That's a whole so thing about that in Alan yeah. Wake. So wait. Wh- like, what was the what was the what what was the Alan Wake AWE event that they referenced? Basically, Tristan? everything that happened in Alan Wake, uh, in Control, is regarded as an AWE event. But what was the AWE that they specifically reference um, reference there? Because I think I may have caught something about that. But what was what did they refer to it as? Uh, hold on, let me look it up specifically. Also, Barra, do you want another fun fact? Yes. Which I think. I might have mentioned this already, but Ati is a uh, uh, like a heroic character and slash a god in Finnish folklore. What? Nice. He's the Finnish sea god. All right, I found. Wow. I found a uh, screenshot of the uh, report in Control. Nice. They also have interviews like with Alan Wake's yeah. wife in the bureau too, like. It's so good. Yeah, they had a lot of fun. You know, you get the sense that, like, they're a big enough team, but not too big, that they were, like, it was a much more personal project than, like, one of these big games that has hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people working on it, and 17 studios, and doesn't really have anybody's voice, or, like, a collective voice. Wait, in the DLC, if you get all the cats, you can play as a cat girl, Triss? Yes. You can put on the cat ears. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. So That's I found amazing. so I found the report. So Bright Falls AWE-35. Event summary. An unconfirmed threshold manifestation at Cauldron Lake, Washington resulted in a fictional story written by the author Alan Wake, creating an AWE in which reality was altered to match that of the story, though only locally and for a limited time. Event response. Mr. Kirkland, head of investigations, was alerted on September 13th, 2010, by ex-Bureau agent Frank Breaker, see, redacted, that an AWE event was taking place in Bright Falls, 
Washington. Refer to events investigated in 1970, 1976, 1978. Breaker had received a call from Barry Wheeler, Alan Wake's literary agent, on behalf of Breaker's daughter, Sarah, who was the current sheriff of Bright Falls. A bureau field team arrived at the site two days later, only to confirm that the event was over. Interviews were conducted, refer to the 1970 redacted Thomas Zane, 1976, 1978, Odin Anderson, Tor Anderson. Alan Wake was believed to redacted instigator. Eyewitness <laughs> reports highlight an old light switch, possible object of power, that redacted missing. Wake was not found at the oh, scene. Yeah. Reports claim yeah. he dived into the lake, but no body was recovered in the search. So I didn't, uh, so yeah, yeah, I remember, now, yeah, that's, I'm glad you read that because I remember reading that and being like, huh, interesting. And, and, and putting that two and two together at the time, but I'd forgotten that. Yeah, that, so so wait, and Alan, but you play as Alan Wake in the game, Alan Wake, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is it worth playing Alan Wake? Uh, Is it good? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's, it has not aged very well, but it is still worth your time. Nice. Did Remedy make it? Ali says play it. <laughs> oh, the number thing, I just want to backtrack, by the way, it wasn't an Alan Wake thing, it was a Max Payne thing. Oh, right, because Max Payne the was third, in, right in the third yep. chapter. It's in, um, he, it's the door code for a door in that game. Um, also, there's there's also, again, like a bunch of stuff relating to Quantum Break and suggesting Quantum Break is also in the same universe, but I haven't played Quantum Break, so I, I couldn't really... Either get into specifics so this is interesting to me in that uh this guy sam lake who wrote alan wake also wrote max Payne and max Payne 2 mm-hmm. and uh and then quantum break control so this guy's just been involved in pretty so they could seem to have like at least one person who's just been involved in all this like uh in all these games but also i mean it's pretty cool that the guy who made the first two Max Payne games, which I haven't played, but I hear they're amazing, um, then went on to continue doing other cool, atmospheric, action-y games. It's... What they have at Remedy is something just so special, and I can't... I can... I can't stress this enough. I'm so excited for whatever they do next in the next DLC for Control, and just... Whatever they do in this, I guess you can call it Alan Wake universe. Cinematic universe. <laughs> Cinematic video, video game matic. Also, another fun thing. There's a like it's like an expanded like story for Alan Wake called Alan Wake's Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And there's a passage that reads, It will happen again in a town called Ordinary. Yep. Right. <gasps> this is before control has even yeah. come out. No, I mean obviously they have people who are like really working with a cre- with a creative vision and who are really trying to pro to, trying to create some I mean this in like the most broad populist thing because I think fundamentally art is and should be populist in the best of ways but like they're trying to create art here they're trying to not just fill in the dots but like create like a vision that makes you feel something as a human being and has something to say and is entertaining um, all in one mm. uh, remedy is. I hope that Remedy makes a ton of money and can continue to put out games like this because you don't see a lot of games like this with this kind of singular vision and that it's also technically executed with a 
with a really nice budget. Um, it's just not that common anymore. It's essentially it is really not. It's essentially like a lot of times what you're seeing is, is that you're either getting games that are very polished, but have kind of bit, but have are essentially chasing the last successful games trends and have a lot of like have a lot of busy work in it or you're getting games that are interesting and creative but don't have a ton of money behind them that okay. may not be as polished um, but you still get the benefit of story or interesting gameplay mechanics uh, and this is something where it has good story good gameplay mechanics and is pretty as heck and people threw money at it and paid people to make a game that's great yeah you so the I always like to think of stuff like Control as what you could... I suppose you could call it a mid-tier game. You know? Yeah. It's not an indie. Yeah. And it's not a big-budget, you know, major release. And the heyday for those games was the PS2 era. Yep. And, I would agree and what that. happened was that you had all of these little studios doing these weird experimental things. But when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out the d- cost of development for, because of the switch now to HD stuff made a lot of those projects very risky and things like yep. in games like this they are either hits or misses and what happened was there were a lot of misses in the in that generational jump and a lot of these studios and teams either closed or got broken up and moved around. Um, like, like I always like to say, like that's basically what happened to Clover. Clover Studios, right? You know, the guys who did God Hand and Okami and um, and Beautiful Joe and is. I was, I was just gonna say, don't you forget Beautiful Horseman. Joe. <laughs> Um, that their team got broken up, or did they die? No, 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 they died. They died. Their team got broken up. A lot of the people that were at Clover went to go make platinum, but and the other half remained with Capcom. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's a good. That's a really good point, though, Tristan. I, I think that there's there's a really fine line between Undertale and like Call of Duty, <laughs> and there there's a nice middle ground. <laughs> and there are the very few, right? There so are very few. Yeah, there some, used to be. Many get, and and it's getting. It's getting smaller, right? Because I would argue that um, Ninja Theory is one of those studios. And I yes. don't know what their future holds now that Microsoft owns them. Um, not because it's Didn't Microsoft, you hear but just Bleeding because... Bleeding Edge is super well, cool. Here, here's right. what I hope. What I hope, and what's sort of kind of been happening, is that a lot of these mid-tier developers have now been picked up by... Microsoft and Sony, or who have these, or have like long-term working relationships with, say, Nintendo. And I think where we're getting that creative effort now are on the first-party exclusives. So your yeah, last of I, us, your Gods of War, your Senuous Two, Hellblade Two. What? Oh my God! But what I fear. Every though... time I watch that trailer, like my heart. Just and my starts pumping, and I just like I feel my blood like boiling. I'm like, oh my god, this is so amazing! I cannot wait. I'm gonna play that soon because I can. I think I can finally play it now. This, this PC. Oh my god, um, it's gonna be so good. What you were saying? Uh, but 
but the like the, the they're gobble up and i fear I, I always have this lingering fear that if they don't perform well financially that they'll get dropped and spit out right but that's that's but why it, i'm glad they're being picked up by first party companies yeah they're not ea they're not getting picked up right. by ea yeah but on the but on the same foot we now have and i don't know what's going to happen with them but i guess sony like isn't really happy with and I, I don't think they own them but they're not really happy with kojima productions and the sales of death stranding which i would argue is another mid-tier game mm-hmm yeah. So I'm like, okay, are they going to get spit out, or are they going to be allowed to make something freaking weird? Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that it's uh, that you know, I think that you said it absolutely right in terms of encapsulating it. Um, and that you know, there is a big gap between Call of Duty and Undertale, and we do want to end. We want stuff that does continue to be in that space, and and yeah, I definitely think that um. I agree with Triss, and I've heard that good Jim Sterling argument that, like, and I agree with it as well that, uh, that you know, that uh, developers picking up these studios in order to make it so that they make killer apps for their hardware is a good way to preserve that. But I also hear Dan's fear that, like, yeah, they also, that, that performance is still going to be a real thing. Yeah. And if it doesn't drive them, if it isn't a killer app, then it'll get dropped, it could get dropped or absorbed or split up yeah and, well and then you've got like what's, it's a shame well then you've got what's going on with say like blizzard and bungie where they right. got picked up by activision and those companies are now unrecognizable i thought bungie became its own thing it's they no, did and its they haven't made any basically any changes like like if you're still looking at Destiny 2, they haven't made any major like um like design or economic or economic decisions that have been vastly different from when they were controlled by Activision. And it's it's mm. well, I disagree with that because they're free to play. Right, but it's still to a, to a certain degree now. Right, but that's only because they've already sold all the necessary copies, or no one is going to pay sixty bucks for for playing Destiny Two now, yeah. which is how many years old? Yeah. Right, but I wonder if that's their end game, though. They might be working on the next thing now that they're that they're free. Who knows? I mean, Blizzard is. I essentially. My my thoughts about Blizzard, and I think I've said it before on the show, but I'll say it again because it's Blizzard created some of my favorite games and favorite types of games of all time in terms of you know your Diablo, Starcraft, your not World of Warcraft, um, but uh, your your Warcraft Three, etc. Like the games which were very story focused and that had really good gameplay and. Starcraft 2 was basically the way I looked at it was the swan song of Blizzard putting everything in there making one last great game of the type of game it it basically made its bread of butter on and then switching to other to making games that are very well done I mean you know Overwatch is a lot of fun um and I enjoyed it I never liked World of Warcraft but it was yeah, there's it's still going strong and obviously it takes the and i didn't like it basically because i don't like my morgues um i like a focus story and that's about the opposite of that and you know the hearthstone is apparently a good magic the gathering uh substitute as well so like they're still making good games but 
they're just different from the kind of games I like. And it's so they're just crank things that are totally just not oh, just not, things that aren't for me. And I think that's kind of and I think for me that's kind of like you know, on the one hand, as we're getting older, there is anything that they all I the sense that sometimes people are just like making media that isn't for you because you are no longer the the prime driving force of a medium or stuff like we are we, we we're but and also you know but there's also stuff that gets catered to you well which is nice and I think the main concern with game stuff is is that control is the kind of game that I think all of us grew up liking playing and enjoying which is focused single player good good and they gave it to us and that's a breath of fresh air that we got anything targeted at us and i want to see more of that um and i should also note by the way that i mean you know this doesn't apply to anybody here but i think that it should also be known that this was like a good single player focused game that shock and horror also happened to have an excellent female protagonist done picture perfect hell yeah and, and and i think that's an important thing to for for folks to realize too is that like you know yeah people can have whatever things you want but like making a game that is on the one hand progressive in terms of your represent uh, in terms of representation and to me that means like you know having like a character who you don't necessarily see in the lead like written as a full-fledged character um as an actual person like as an every woman um is way is um doesn't interfere at all with you making a quality game that is good just as a game like we've all been raving about this is a great game period and it's a great game period that happens to have a female protagonist and i want to see more of that it's nice because like jesse also as a character like from the surface i definitely can see people being like oh she's like cold and whatever but she has like such a weird sense mm -hmm. of humor that honestly makes so much sense considering all the crap she went to like her opening line and her ending line from the base game is about the Shawshank yeah. Redemption <laughs> like she's just such an interesting uh, character and I feel like as a person I'd want to talk to well, you oh totally and you also totally would hang out with Jesse oh yeah and you also get the like because you have her sort of mental narrative going on, it's so fun seeing her act interact with these really nerdy weirdos. And she's like, okay, okay. like calm down. Emily. Yep. Sure. You can you can put the test subjects in cages after we've uh, after we've dealt with this. I'm not letting her She's very like in a world that is so unexplainable and bizarre, she's very like She's almost like the straight yeah. man, but in a funny way. Like, yeah. she's just very frank with her opinions and humor on everything. Like, I don't know. She's just, she's such a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, and I mean, another thing that I I appreciated about, about Jessie, too, is, is that, and again, they don't throw that over the head stuff, but if you go through her dialogue options and talk to everyone, which highly recommend oh, definitely your mission... Then go back and like go through actually every little last thing. Um, it's clear that she comes from a hard background and has seen a lot of life. It is coming from like a working class background as well, which is also interesting and nice too. I felt that they got like protagonist who is a working person down 
really well in a way that is not necessarily seen in a lot of media and such. Like you get the real sense, like, oh yeah, she she has she when she says that she's done a lot of jobs, like being Adi's assistant, janitorial assistant. It doesn't feel put on. It feels like they they grounded this in the real in a way that is again feels nice and refreshing because you know sometimes it's it's enjoyable to play somebody who isn't a space who who wasn't uh, raised from birth to be a space marine. Um, Jesse is may have access to magical powers, but it's not something that's been like it's something that she discovers along with you. But the other cool thing about it is that I think her practical way of looking at the world and her focus on finding her brother also means like, okay, I have these powers, but I'm not going to be like using this as a power fantasy or just wondering what this is. It's just like, I mean, it's like one of her last lines of the game. It's like time to get to work. It's yeah. like, it's like, okay, I have this gun. Now I'm going to shoot these things attacking me. Okay. I can float. I need to go find my brother now. Yeah. And you, that moment where she starts taking on the odd, the odd jobs for Audi she definitely delivers it as kind of like a, okay, this is in my wheelhouse. I've been dealing with all this weird stuff, but like doing odd jobs and stuff around, like around the place that I can do. Ah, uh, it's a good game. Yeah. It's a good game. Are there any- it's an excellent game. You need to play a game now. So we don't have to, we don't have to do the typical, would you recommend? Cause we would all recommend yeah. Yeah, if you just if honestly, if one of you just like all of a sudden was like, "I hate this game," I'd quit. <laughs> Can you imagine? Bear is just like, yeah. And all that being said, I didn't really have any fun, and this game sucks. Yeah, I hated it, and I hate everything that you care about and love. Now I'm gonna talk for yeah, an hour. It's not gonna happen. Now I'm gonna talk for an hour about how I hate they injected all the politics into this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if that ever happens. Uh, Kill that me. That's a cue that I have a no. That's a cue that I have a gun to my head, and you guys yeah. need to go and save me. And, <laughs> yeah, <no>. and <laughs> sounds good to know for the future. Uh, that that that's the equivalent of blinking, blinking a message in your "I am fine. They are treating me well." Video. Yeah. If there is yeah. ever a a Facebook status that I post of, I, that says. I am sick of all the politics in video games. That is your cue to go save my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> happily. Happily. Excellent. Happily save your ass. Hooray. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, do we want to shamelessly plug ourselves? We'll go backwards. Tristan. Mm-hmm. So I've not been doing too much streaming because I've mostly been playing uh persona 5 royal and atlas will burn me to cinders if i stream or record any of their stuff um but you can find me over on twitch at twitch.tv slash the underscore millennialist i'm occasionally playing you can find that on our we can find that on the front page of our website spoilermedia.net as well and who else can we find on the front page of Spoiler Media. You'll never find me, cops. <laughs> I'm hiding in the toilet in the astral plane. Uh. <laughs> well, you'll find me on our front page right next to Tristan. Uh, my Twitter slash Twitch is Hey Linda Linda. I've been trying to get my act together better. Widgets are hard. 
I did recently do a birthday stream though, and that was Widgets really fun. Are hard. Widgets are hard. There is so like much them. depth to the t- back end of Twitch. Oh. Can somebody just like come figure them out for me? Because I'm I'm a dumb gamer girl and I don't I'll understand. Wait, the I'll wait until I'm like no somewhat successful on twitch if ever and then i'll just hire somebody who knows the back end and be like help me oh for real twitch is like so obtuse and not helpful it's disgusting but yeah you can find me there too yeah uh you keep sorry no i was gonna say barra yeah uh so basically you can find me at barra do now on twitter sometimes i tweet i'm gonna find you barra I, I don't know how to... Bring me the bear child. <laughs> Bring me the precursor orbs. I hope I hope that's as terrifying like in the in the uh, edit as it was coming live through the microphone. Yes, no, it's incredibly terrifying. I, I now even... know what's going to happen when I shit myself in bed with that like when I'm asleep and then Ali does that. You have 120 power cells. <laughs> Additional pylons. God damn it! Uh, is, is is that you doing the va- voice alley? No, that was not me. That oh. was me. That was Tristan. Oh, that was oh, Tristan. God. He's much better at yeah. it than I. Didn't I didn't even have to use any effects. I. But you know, everybody should go and follow Bear there on their Twitter. Yes, yes. At the Twitter, <laughs> you should also check out my writing at the Daily Hampshire Gazette newspaper. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's the stuff that I'm working on. That's that's on the internet at the moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, I sh- will now kick it over to Dan. Yeah, and you can find all of this, all of us, and our podcast at spoilermedia.net. You can find us on social media too, Twitter, Facebook. We have an Instagram. We haven't really posted to it, but um, <laughs> what's an Instagram? We also <laughs> yeah, haven't seriously. made any progress on the Three Headed Boy Patreon. Yes. So there is no news yeah. regarding that yet, folks. That's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We, 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 uh, when it's there, we'll tell you, and then you'll, and then Gypsilanti, Michigan people, um, <laughs> come through. <laughs> but seriously, like I, 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 I made this plug before, but I'll tell you, like if we have listeners who is not Sam Ross, I love you, Sam Ross. Shout out to you. <laughs> uh, please, please tweet at us on the internet so we know you're around. <laughs> yeah, and you can also, um, on our website, uh, again, spoilermedia.net, you can con- you can uh, leave us a question if you have one we can answer on the show. Yeah, if you want That's us cool to actually too. look at stuff, I mean, we do take, re- we do consider requests. To, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll so we, we have many things in, in, in the loop. Um, but, I mean, we have a lockdown, and so, you know, Believe me, any excuse we have to uh, to cast and shoot the shit, we we will we will take within reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for our our episode of Control. Uh, until next time, uh, see you later. Stay safe and stay home. Bye, take everybody. control. Nobody knew her name, but she turned up just the same. There was a knock on the door. On the floor, and the party turned insane as she called out her name.
Yeah.